Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together and be uh, gathered as a church. And I just pray, Father, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit to illuminate us to your word and be able to apply things to our lives so we can become uh, more like Christ, become more mature, uh, and have a more godly character. So bless our time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me um, get to the... Uh, uh, the passage that we're going to finish on, and we're finishing on verse 11 of 2 Timothy, and these are the nine aspects that he talked about how to suffer, or, or not suffer, excuse me, how to endure perilous times um, when, we're out, when we're having to go through them, and he was communicating this to Timothy, obviously. And so the last thing uh, is actually coupled, it's persecution and afflictions. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's talking about being afflicted and being persecuted, kind of bunching it up all together. So you, I don't, you don't want to see this as two separate categories. It's actually one category. And uh, he says, you know, uh, you have followed my doctrine and followed my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering. And now, Timothy, follow the way I dealt with persecutions and afflictions is what he's saying. And uh, I want to go through that just a little bit. Um, uh, the Greek word is diagmos, uh, which we get from dialko. Uh, and basically, when you're using the word persecution in the Greek, it means to chase or to pursue or pursue somebody. Um, and, and obviously, with enmity, with hostility, that you're pursuing somebody, okay? Um, in the lexicon, the, the BDAG, um, it, it talks about this word, diagmos, as a program. Uh, or as a type of process that's designed to harass or oppress somebody. And I, I think with BDAG, given a, a, a more uh, uh, you know, fuller understanding of persecution, it means that it's not just simply something that just happens randomly to you. It is something that is actually planned against you, that is programmed against you. And, uh, and we, we know through persecutions in, li uh, in history, I'm sorry, in history that there, there, you know, there was 10 Roman persecutions that were planned and purposed and whatnot. Uh, yeah, can someone persecute you just right off the cuff? Yes, of course. But what he's talking about um, is even like during Paul's day, if you didn't uh, submit to Caesar, didn't submit to the Roman government, they already had a plan for you and what they would do to you. And, and so, you know, they had a procedure. You know, if you didn't pinch incense to Caesar once a year and bow a knee to Caesar, then they had a procedure of how they're going to deal with you and persecute you for that. And that's what a lot of Christians ended up having uh, the persecution happen to them. It wasn't off the cuff. It was totally planned when that day came that they had to do that, and they didn't. Well, it went into effect legally what would happen to them. So even if you're referring to the Roman persecutions, they were totally by design. And I, I think that the same thing can be true about what we're seeing today. 
is that the, the persecution of the West or the persecution really of Christianity is by design. It's not an accident um, as we watch our, our society get deteriorated uh, into oblivion. Um, it's on purpose, and I think we all know that it's on purpose. We all know that this is a planned demolition. And even when I was in Europe, the demolition has already happened there. They have effectively crushed the church. Again, they can't crush the remnant because the remnant always is able to survive and the gates of hell won't provide against the real church. Um, but they have, in effect, basically crushed uh, any vestige of any freedom outwardly uh, of Christianity. Um, so they don't have the same freedoms that you and I have. You know, um, in talking to some of the pastors there, they can't just come out and go get against the LGBT. Uh, they can't come against, you know, vaccines or, or mandates to lock down. They can't just simply do that. Um, and you and I are, f- are used to that, this kind of freedom that, you know, what, hey, you know, if the government's doing wrong, I can call out the government and, and do whatever I need to do and say whatever I need to say. Um, a lot of people in other countries don't have that ability. And um, because of the program and what what what... what what you see there in Europe is coming to America if it's not stopped, that the, the, the curtailing of free speech from the churches is one of the key issues they have to get rid of. Because if they're going to have churches like us that speak up against what, what the culture's doing, speak against transgender, LGBT, speak against wokeism, speak against critical race theory, Marxism, all, all the stuff we do, uh, they have to silence that because you can't have opposition to you and in the kind of communistic governments that are going to form. So that being the case, there has to be a plan. Well, the plan is to destroy Christianity in America or the West, and that's what they're doing. Look at Canada as an example. Look at Australia. If you want to uh, understand where this is going, look at those countries. They're, they're, there's just... They're nowhere anymore. There, there's no, there's the, the, there, yes, there's a remnant there, but there's no pushback from the culture anymore. And that's what I'm afraid is happening. There's no more pushback. Um, and I hate to be you know, uh, uh, pessimistic about this, but if you continue to watch the church in America not push back and not say anything else, you're going to lose the society. And, you're, and, and people say, well, what, you know, what, is that, what are the implications of that? Well, the implications is you're going to have less freedom. You're going to have less movement. You're going to have uh, less ability to do the things that you, you normally were used to doing because they will take over those areas, whether that's health or what, you know. You know, you, you, it, 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 when I talk about the, the World Health Organization, if you think that if when they take over that you have a religious exemption, you think that's going to work? No, it's not going to work. So that's what I'm saying. You won't not you will not be able to go to your employer and like we gave out religious exemptions and say I want to do this because of my religious. They're going to laugh you at you. They're like you're a joke. Get out of my face. And, and that's that's where we're going if this doesn't stop. They're not going to allow any Christian exemptions for anything like that. So um, this this planned and purpose persecution, as you can see, the word even used. Uh, you, you have to understand the layers of persecution. So you have, on the ground, you have useful idiots, okay? And useful idiots um, are ones that just go along with a narrative. They don't know any different. They're just stupid, low IQs, cavemen, 
knuckle-draggers, unibrows, open-mouth breathers, whatever you want to call them, okay? That's, that's what they are. And, and the unibrows and the knuckle-drag cavemen will do anything that they're told to do, right? And so you have that, and you might deal with that, right? Um, but above them are the ones giving them the orders, and then above them are the ones giving them the orders, and then there's another set above them giving them the orders, and above them is Satan. And you can work through how it is planned. So Satan works through a, a, a few elites, uh, corporations, then governments, then politicians, and then useful idiots, and then so forth. There's a, a, a layered structure. And, and that's what you have to understand about persecution is it, it is, is a very sophisticated system that at the top of it is Satan and then useful idiots at the bottom. And, and then the system is structured in such a way as to silence the word of God, as to silence real believers. So to understand this, this is why Paul will say in Ephesians chapter 6 that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And what does he do? He starts naming the hierarchy of, of fallen angels uh, that are actually your, combating against you. So that sophistication of a system is what a lot of believers don't realize. And uh, the, the basis of persecution is satanic, okay? And, and the basis of persecution is satanically inspired through human beings to do this. Um, now, it doesn't mean that humans are not culpable. They sure are culpable. But it also tells you where the ideas are actually coming from. And, and, and I think you can see the satanic elements and persecution uh, in that. Okay, so... The way the system will work is the system has to overwhelm the, 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 the group, okay? So the group is the Christians, okay? And what happens, and you can see this in how Islam works, if there's not enough to overpower the group, then they wait, and they wait until they get bigger, until they get into more of the system, and the system spreads, and they get into more institutions, and whatnot. And, and once they, they, the, 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 the system gets into all the institutions, then it can launch a full assault against the group, which is Christianity. So this is why persecution didn't happen very much at all, really, in early American history, because there wasn't enough in the institutions in the structure to offset the group. The group was larger than the structure itself. But what's happened in America and what's happened in, in Australia and, and uh, you know, Europe and all these other places in first world countries is that now the system that Satan has set up has permeated all through society so that the group now is overwhelmed and the group that being Christians. So if the Christians want to retreat into academia, they can't go into academia because academia is loaded with satanic vessels. If they retreat into media, they can't go into media because there's satanic vessels there, useful idiots. And if you go over here into this sector of society, you can't go there because it's overwhelmed. 
And so what ends up happening is the group itself, the Christian group, becomes isolated. So the satanic system works to isolate the Christians to where they have no place to go. And when there's no place to go, then they become an easy target. They can't retreat into another place to hide or there's no power structure to protect them anymore. And that's what's going on in America. There is no structure to protect the Christians from persecution. You're not gonna find it in the media, you're not gonna find it in social media, you're not gonna find it anywhere. So basically, you've been isolated. That's the, that's the current situation that you're in, you're isolated. Obviously, we got God on our side, you know, and, 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 uh, and he provides the strength and he provides the protection. But you, you must understand fundamentally what's going on in society. The, the, the satanic system has taken over the entire system in Western civilization. It's been taken over. So uh, as an example um, of persecution is the limitation of information. Okay, so Satan works on limiting truth getting to people. So I'll give you an example. So uh, I'm in Ireland, and I'm in Scotland, and I'm in Italy, and what, what, is the, what is the news that they get there? Well, it's the BBC. And, and that's just, I, I turn it on and I listen to it because it's the only English thing on, but it's, it's like all propaganda, it's down with Trump, Biden's a hero, Ukraine and, and Zelensky, the Boy Scout is a hero, and, you know, and, and, and let's keep pumping money into Ukraine. And, it, and, and we've had uh, a lot of, of co- not COVID deaths, sorry, uh, global heat wave deaths that are from climate change, they say, and just, just propaganda after propaganda. And I'm looking at the situation and I'm saying, they have no other outlet of information given to them. None whatsoever. And and that's part of the satanic way of persecution, of blocking truth to people. So if people can't get access to the truth, they just just go with what they hear. And what they're hearing is is like Pravda. You know, it's, it's, it's all propaganda stuff. And that's very concerning, but that's what's happening here. As you continue to watch the media and you continue to watch social media, um, I think I saw an article today about um, uh, Google, obviously, if you do a Google search on uh, Republican candidates, uh, or, or, or yeah, you, you, you Google search Republican candidates' uh, websites, nothing will come up. Not, not nothing. It won't come up. And you can tell, obviously, by the algorithms that, that you can't even search for that stuff anymore. Um, and, and, and so the whole media structure is now garnered to isolate the, uh, the Christians or anyone from getting the truth. Um, so that, so let me give you another example. Um, I had a day off um, in between us traveling and, and uh, speaking and whatnot. And this is a kind of a humorous story, but it's a sad story in a lot of ways. It's, it, it, so I get a chance uh, to, to actually play on Troon Golf Course. Um, I went there uh, to the, 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 the golf shop, and obviously they're going to play the British Open next year on there. And uh, 
I, I, you know, hey, I go, what does it take to get on the course like this? You know, and it's like, well, it's booked out a year in advance, obviously. But the guy goes, do you want to play today? And I said, yeah, I'd love to play. And he goes, well, we had a cancellation. So um, I got on Troon. Me and Keith went and played on Troon. We had, they had two spots available. So we actually played Troon. But you have to have a caddy when you play on those courses. And, uh, and so here's the sad part, okay? The good part is I'm playing Troon, which is in, incredible. Um, the sad part is I'm walking with my caddy. And, you know, if you're playing Scotland in golf, that's where golf was invented, um, it's cold there, and the wind was blowing like 37 miles an hour, and I don't think it ever gets above 60 there. Um, so I asked the guy, I said, uh, I said, uh, what, what's the highest temperature it'll get here in like the summertime? And I, he said like mid-60s or something like that. He goes, but yeah, that's really hot, you know, it's because it's all that global warming. All that global warming, laddie. Aye, he said. It's all the global warming. And I want to say, oh, my lanta. This, I mean, I looked at the guy. He's a poor guy, and, and he's retired, and he doesn't have a clue. Pray for Ward. He doesn't know, have a clue. But, but why is Ward saying that to me? It's because he's been brainwashed. He's been totally brainwashed. And that poor guy... He doesn't know the difference. He doesn't have any access to the right information. He doesn't know it's a hoax. He probably got vac vaccinated and has the fifth booster. And, and he, he just went along with the program. And he just believes everything. And that's how people are when you cut information off to them. And you know, I feel sorry for the guy. Um, because, you know. But again, you know, he's responsible for getting the right information. But that's how the, the satanic system of persecution works. It cuts people off from information. And, and, and so anyway, um, uh, three things you need to understand about persecution. Um, it starts off soft. And soft persecution is, you know, name-calling. Uh, you're a climate denier. You're... Um, you know, whatever, Jesus freak, you're homophobic, Islamophobic, or whatever. And um, most people can deal with that, but, but, believe, but yeah, there are people that don't want their reputation ruined, and so they, they, they will commit the sin of silence because they don't want even name-calling towards them because they can't hardly take name-calling. But you understand that, that, that soft persecution uh, is just the beginning, Okay? Um, most people can't, uh, can't hardly take someone calling them a racist. And so, the, you know, Satan has figured out, uh, has used that against people to back them down. That if you want borders uh, for your country, then you must be a racist, right, or xenophobic. And I'll give you another example that if our borders are not locked up at any time soon, you're going to have a replacement of the United States of America. You understand that, right? And that's not about racism. It's about globalism. That's what the real intent is. So I'll give you an example. We got stuck in Frankfurt, Germany. And don't ever get stuck in Frankfurt, Germany. That place stinks, man. Uh, literally, because they don't wear deodorant. But, no, never, but beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, um, we, our, we, our flight, we, got, we, we couldn't get on our flight, so we had to stay a night in Germany. 
<clears throat> so I went, we, we, we went into Frankfurt. And they put us up in a hotel as a Sheraton, and we, we had to go about a half hour into Frankfurt from the airport. And we get out because we're going to, we don't have our luggage or anything. We have to buy clothes, and we have, we're going to get dinner and stuff like that. We go out in Frankfurt, and I kid you not, I thought I was in Istanbul. I, I, I kid you not, I saw more hijabs and Muslims than I did Germans in Frankfurt. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. I, I asked the people that are with me. Um, I saw more Muslim people in Frankfurt than I did Germans. I think I was the only German imported into Germany from America. Um, and, and they can pronounce my last name there, which is phenomenal. Uh, usually in America, they can't pronounce my last name. But why is that? Am I, is, is it because, well, you're just Islamophobic, Brandon? No. It's because the Great Replacement has taken part in Europe as a planned organization and a planned, uh, uh, um, a planned uh, uh, way of getting rid of the European influence and bringing in a third world Islamic influence into Europe. I mean, France is like that. Uh, all these other places that have allowed Islamic immigration to just be unvetted and come through. And, and basically, it's a very sad picture of, of Europe because um, you have these idyllic, you know, pictures of your mind of Europe, you know, old Europe and stuff, and you're thinking of, you know, Pinocchio and, and all these other images in your head, uh, uh, you know, and it's not like that. It reminds me of going to a third world country, and it reminds me of being in a Muslim country. And, and people can call, you, call me Islamophobic, but when I see a whole entire culture being taken over, whether that's the French culture or the German culture or, you know, Irish culture being taken over by another culture that, that, that's not endemic to that land, that's a violation of God separating the peoples by language, nations, and borders. That's a violation of that. And I think that's a sign of globalism, obviously. Um, and that shouldn't be like that. Um, and this is what's happening in the United States. It, it is a planned takedown of the United States. And look, man, we're, we're heading to Europe. It, you you want to see third world country? They're, that's what happens. You bring third worlders in here, and they never assimilate and they, they make the place a third world country. That's what happens. And the American ideals that you and I have, they don't have. They don't share. And they end up taking down your country. Don't think that's not planned. That's totally satanic. But, but what is it? What's the, so, it? So most people can't go there and say that because they're afraid to be called a racist. You have to be bold enough to be able to say, well, then call me a racist. It has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with globalism. That's what the issue is. You know, and, and, and quite frankly, if someone wants to come into fr France or Germany or wherever, then do it. But then learn the language and adapt to the culture. You don't get to bring your culture into another culture. That's not how it works. If you're going to live somewhere else, then adapt to that culture. It's not, it's not racist to say that. It's not racist to say if I'm going to go live in Germany that I need to learn German. What in the world would I be thinking if, I go, if, I, if I'm Japanese and I go to German and I refuse to learn German? 
And I should say, well, you need to make signs in Japanese for me. Who thinks like that? What is that, an entitlement? What kind of mentality is that? But what happens when you cater it, cater to it? If you cater to it, you're telling you you don't have to assimilate. You don't have to accept our ideals. You don't have to. You can bring in Islam and all you want. And then you can take over. And that's what's happening. So this is, so you have to be able to take soft persecution. Let them call you any name you, they want to call you. But you have to have real tough skin. And though how do you get tough skin? You've got to know the truth. It's not that I'm racist. It's that I'm, anti, I'm anti-globalist. That's the truth. I understand that. I don't care what skin, melatonin, uh, 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 what is it, melatonin or whatever? No, melatonin is what you eat. Melanin. I don't care what melanin uh, is in your skin pigment. That's irrelevant. That's totally irrelevant. It's about you not bringing Islamic values into America or Marxist values or communist values into our area. So you have to be okay with that. But most people are not. Most people don't want to be called names. Okay. Well, it doesn't stay at soft. So once you see a culture go through soft persecution, like now, then you'll move into legal persecution. That's the next level you go. And we're already starting to see this. We've seen FBI raids of people's homes who have you know, protested uh, or prayed in front of, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Planned Parenthood, you know, pro-lifers being raided by FBI agents and whatnot. And, uh, and so that's, that's a form of legal persecution. You see the, the, the pastor Artur uh, in Canada being arrested. Now, I, th- I think he got off on his charges, but you see him being arrested. And, uh, and uh, you saw, you know, obviously churches here in certain counties get fined millions of dollars for not shutting down and not social distancing. And so that's a form of legal persecution. Um, I believe legal persecution is the next step into trying to destroy the church in America. They're going to hit the tax-exempt statuses of churches. Um, You know, uh, if they go digital currency, um, they can easily tell people with a digital currency that you cannot give to that particular organization anymore. We're not letting you use the digital currency for that. And so that's what's going to put a lot of churches on their heads um, if you cannot give to those particular organizations that are not deemed acceptable by the, f- the federal government. That's the scary thing about digital currency. Uh, God will find a way, obviously, for the remnant to survive. But again, this is part of the legal, the legal aspects of things. And then the third thing is you move into hard persecution. Hard persecution means that, that at that point, they have made you a subhuman. Okay, and being a subhuman means that you're no longer fit for our society, that you don't fit into our society, and therefore we have a right to physically harm you and to drive you out and to push you out. Now, 80% of, uh, of, of the Christian world is suffering under this in other countries. Uh, the Jews know full well about this, uh, this type of hard, hard persecution, but I'm telling you, it's a new thing that's going to come here. 
because the more and more they make us subhumans and the more and more they call us hateful and that we're, we're, we're uh, you know, against uh, the rights of people and individuals, um, then hard persecution will be allowed and they're not gonna do legally anything about that. Um, and we've already seen certain situations uh, develop like that. So anyway, those are the stages of where it goes. Paul tells Timothy this one particular thing. He says, all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus will suffer persecution. So he says it's, it's a, a one-to-one correspondence. So what does that imply? Well, those who don't live godly won't suffer persecution. They're the ones who are going to compromise. They're the ones who are going to go along in order to avoid persecution. And so there's a one-to-one correspondence with avoidance of persecution. You avoid persecution by not identifying publicly with Jesus, not identifying publicly as a Christian, not saying anything, and keeping your Christianity privatized, which is exactly what they want you to do, which is exactly what a lot of Christians will do. They will privatize their Christianity. The problem is you can't privatize your Christianity. It's a public religion, so to speak. It's a religion where you have to declare propositional truth publicly and it's a religion that requires you to publicly evangelize. And so um, Christianity is not like Buddhism. Like Buddhism, you could be a Buddhist and no one really know because it's a privatized religion. Well, Christianity is not created like that. Christ structured the church to be a very public institution. So there is no hiding. There is no secrety uh, in being a Christian. And so if you're going to do this, if you're going to live a godly life, you should expect persecution. Okay, well, let's go through some of the things he said to the persecuted church. Let's let's unpack this a little bit to understand this uh, because this is a hard concept for people to have, especially in the West because it's never happened to us and it's getting ready to happen. So this is the church of Smyrna. Smyrna is the persecuted church. Smyrna always exists. It's always an element in the church that has persecution, and Smyrna will exist to the very end. Smyrna is part of the remnant church. It's part of the suffering church. So you have the Philadelphia element, and then you have the Smyrna element, which both of them are are a a composite together of the remnant church. But this is the suffering aspect. Okay, so to the angel of the church of Smyrna, right, Uh, These things say the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Now, the reason Messiah says that is he is identifying with their persecution, and some of them have actually died, with his own death, as he says, that I was dead too, uh, but I came back to life. So Messiah is identifying with the sufferings and the persecution by saying, I've actually been there. I, w- I, went, I, I, I went ahead of you. I, I, have, I am your captain in that sense. Uh, I am your leader in that sense. I went ahead of you, and I've already suffered. Now you're suffering. And he goes, I know your works, your tribulation, your poverty, but you are rich. Now, the idea is I know, I know what's happening to you because I walk among the candlesticks, uh, and I know the tribulation, I know your poverty. Now, what, what's the poverty triggered? And this is the key understanding for all of us. Part of persecution will, will be economic, okay? And that's what everyone needs to realize, that in the soft and, and legal 
persecution that I showed you. In those first two categories, it can affect you economically. So at your job, if, they, if you're not woke enough, if you're not, uh, well, if you're homophobic or whatever it might be, whatever they call you, it's going to affect your employment. And, 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 and therefore, it has economic ramifications on you. So this is why he says, I know your poverty. And, and literally, that's literally what he means. So here's what we know. Whenever persecution starts in a country in, in, or in a culture, the first ones to suffer are the Christians who suffer economic persecution. Okay? Not even physical persecution. Economic persecution starts hitting them first. They start paying an economic price. So let me give you an example. Um, some people that have talked to me work for companies, big, large companies, and they've already told me that if they're going to rise up in their company, they have to go woke or they have to promote wokeness in that company. And they refuse to do that. Well, since they refuse to do that, they can't rise up in that company, so they have to stay capped at a certain ceiling in that company. And in fact, them not being woke and not going along with the program puts their whole job in jeopardy to begin with. Some people have actually been fired for their positions already, and they've lost their jobs economically. And, and more of that will be seen in the jobs uh, when they start requiring ESG scores in your digital currency. So if they go to digital currency and they require ESG scores, and your ESG score is not good, then your hiring, hiring ability uh, will go low because you're not a desirable person they would want to hire or actually promote. So that's a big deal, and it starts, it starts affecting people economically. But you understand this. Christians for the last 2,000 years have always been the poorest, typically, of the society. And it's because of this very thing. In Rome, they were the poorest because of the persecutions, right? And so throughout history, Bible-believing Christians, uh, those who hold to it, receive economic persecution. Now, I'm not talking about the, the celebrity Christians. I'm not talking about the, the, the popes and the bishops and all these other people that, that had money and even, even in the Middle Ages and the Catholic Church and all that. The false church always has money. You know what I mean? The false church always has money because she's already done a, a deal with the whore of Babylon. And so the false church is loaded with money but the real church is typically poor, typically hurt because of their situation. Now, that being the case, that should be a no-brainer because the, the world system is Satan's system. He's the God of this world. And so the system works actually against the Christian. It doesn't reward the Christian, it actually penalizes the Christian. So, sometimes, when a Christian sometimes gets rewarded from this world, it's because they act like this world many times. Not all the time, but when you see like Benny Hinn make millions of dollars or, you know, or Kenneth Copeland or, uh, you know, uh, Joel Olstein, and why, why, why is the system rewarding them? Because in a lot of ways, they're doing what the system wants them to do. They're deceiving people. So the system rewards them for deceiving people. But 
the minute Benny Hinn or Ken Copen or any of them ever turns a leaf uh, and, 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 and says, I'm going to start telling the truth, watch what happens to their money. It will go. Because the system goes against them. And so that's, that's another aspect that affects the economic levels of most Christians. And churches, for that part. So he goes, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Now, what is this? Well, the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan, has to do with, with what was happening in the first century. Uh, and it was Jew-on-Jew Jew persecution at that time. So that's, a, that's a, a snippet of what was going on locally at that church. And they, they were claiming that the Christian Jews are not real Jews, and that they do that today as well. Um, but then, what's the universal principle out of it? The universal, universal principle you pull out of that is, no matter what time era you will be in, there will always be people who claim to be the people of God and are not, and they are the ones that persecute you. Okay? So notice who he's, he's, he said, you know, in that situation, it was unbelieving Jews on believing Jews. In our situation, it's wokeism. It's, it's the new religion. They think they're the people of God, right? And that we're the haters. We're not the true Christians because we're not LGBT affirming or, or we don't say there's many ways to God. And so therefore, they claim to be the people of God and we're not. That's what they're claiming. And so that's what Jesus is in effect saying. He goes, they're nothing but a synagogue of Satan. They follow Satan, they don't follow God. Now he says in verse 10, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. So he's actually telling them, you're going to suffer. I'm going to allow this. Why? I'll explain in just a bit. But he's telling them, indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Now, historically, we already know the 10 days probably refer to the 10 legalized persecutions of the Christians by Rome. And there was, actually, and that's what we believe that the 10 days represent. There were, there were 10 official Roman persecutions uh, of Christians at that period, during that period of time, ending around uh, 304 AD, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and, and that's what perhaps that means. But what, what is it trying to say is that, look, it's, it, some of you are going to go to prison, some of you are going to be tested, uh, and you're going to have this tribulation, but the 10 days represent units of time and a limited set of time, okay? It's, it's going to be for a set period of time and no further than that. And, 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 and even in your own life, he will set limits to how much persecution you will get. He sets limits, and that's the, kind, the concept. Okay, so he tells them this, that I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to allow this to happen. And he tells them, be faithful unto death. So even if they take their life, be faithful to me, and I will give you the crown of life. The crown of life means I will be able to rule and reign with the Messiah. The crown of life is given to those who are not only martyred, but those who suffer persecution and suffer in this life well. And then he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then he says, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And that's actually connected to be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. 
because that's a litotes. What a, what a litotes is, is he's emphasizing the negative to emphasize to the, the positive. Um, we're not going to be hurt by the second death because if you're saved, you're not going to be hurt by the second death. So it's a litotes. What he's trying to emphasize is the crown of life. So you're as, you're as far, if you suffer faithfully, you're as far away from the second death as you possibly could be because I'm going to give you the crown of life. It's to emphasize the, de-emphasize the negative to emphasize the positive, if that makes sense. It's a figure of speech. So the emphasis is on the crown of life, really, not the second death, because that's an automatic, that you're not going to go there. So the crown of life allows one to rule and reign in the messianic kingdom. That's what he's promising you. Okay. So with that being stated, what's the problem? Okay. So he seems to, he seems to say, look, I'm going to introduce this to you, and this is how it's going to go. Well, here's the problem. Our receptivity to it. Because he just says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to allow it. And I believe he's going to allow persecution in America before the rapture. Uh, I, 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 I mean, we can be raptured at any point in time, but I think, I think we're going to see persecution. I think it's coming. Um, I think the church needs to be uh, filtered more. I think the church um, needs to be separated more. I think we still have too much tares among the wheat. Uh, and I think he wants to reveal more of that. Why, why on earth are we still here? I mean, I, 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 again, I, I'm, not, I'm not going against the doctrine of imminency. I believe we can be raptured at any point in time. But if we're still here, why are we still here? Well, yes, we're going to get the word out. We're going to be the watchers on the wall. We're going to get the sound the warning. We're going to, you know, tell the truth. But the church still needs to be purified. The church needs to have the cover lifted off and show who's fake and who's not, who's Laodicea, who's Philadelphia, who's Sardis, and who's Philadelphia and Smyrna. Uh, and that's, uh, I, think, I think he's uh, going to reveal more. Uh, that's my intuition. I don't know. But the question then becomes, how receptive are people to that message? See, he's telling, uh, he's telling Smyrna, I'm going to allow this. So what if he tells us in America, I'm going to allow persecution to the church? The question that will become for you and I is, how receptive are you to that message? What do you mean? Well, no one wants to feel pain. No one says bring persecution on. We're not talking about that. The question is, will you stand for the truth regardless of what it costs you? That's what he's talking about. Because if you go back to the text, be faithful unto death. Be faithful to me. Be faithful to what? The truth. Will you stand for the truth all the way to the point that they would take your life? Would you stand for that or would you, or, or would you not? That's what he's trying to say. So how much will you put up with and still stand for the truth is the, uh, is the concept. And that's where the receptivity has to come in. A decision needs to be made by you and I on what we're willing to do and willing to go through. You have to make this decision now. You can't make the decision in the middle of persecution. You have to make a decision now. If you're trying to wait till then, it's too late. 
It's too late at that point in time. So the receptivity is a key issue. Look what happened. Too many Christians were not receptive to the last test. They were not receptive enough to say, you know what? I don't believe Fauci, and I'm not going to do it. And if they, they fire me, they fire me. They weren't receptive of them. They said, nope, sign me up. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lose my job. They weren't willing to lose economic situations, just like I told you in persecution that happens. They always hit you economically. So people's receptivity to it was not where it needed to be, and that was proven. Okay? Like we told the people in Europe, we said, if you had a pastor that told you to get vaccinated, that told you to wear a mask, you get out of that church and never come back, ever. Because that guy didn't pass the test. He failed the test right in front of you. And I told them, it's not a matter of forgiveness. You can forgive that bozo for doing that. But at the end of the day, he failed the test. Because he didn't check out the information that was available to everybody. He didn't check it out. He didn't see the stats. He made a decision based on fear and made you all afraid. I said, don't ever go back to that church again. Now, a lot of them understood that. And that was a test because they weren't receptive to it. What are the other things? In some cases, not all, but in some cases, the pain is according to our spiritual need. So when Messiah says, I'm about to put some of you in prison, it could be that some of them actually need that. I know that sounds bizarre, but the, look, in America, for some reason, the doctrine of suffering has not been taught adequately. And people think suffering is wrong, but actually God will cause suffering in you for good reasons, because there's some spiritual need that you need to suffer for, okay? Second, in some cases, the pain is according to your ignorance of the truth. What do you mean? Well, persecution will come to you many times to wake you up because you're ignorant of something. You're not aware of something. And, and because of this ignorance, the only thing that wakes people up sometimes is pain. Pain in the pocketbook sometimes economically will wake people up. How about this? In some cases, pain is according to our denial of the truth. If we sit there and deny the truth, then he will allow persecution to come to get you out of that denial, to make you stop denying the reality of what's really happening to you. And unfortunately, a lot of people like to be in denial. They, they, they want to pretend that these, these things are not happening. Well, guess what? If you think for a moment that this whole thing is, that, that what we're talking about, what we're warning people about is, is just bogus, it's, it's not real, you're making things up, Brandon, it's hyperbole, you're going to get woke up at some point in time, it's because, and God's going to wake you up through persecution. Because at some point, he'll bring it to your front door. Oh, you don't, th you, don't, you don't think the FBI's after targeting people? You don't think the CIA? You don't think the Justice Department? You don't think uh, um, they're, they're messing with our elections? You don't think that? 
You, you, you don't think they're going to try to collapse our economy? You don't think that? Well, guess what? Stay out of your uh, reality, but at some point, if you're a believer, God's going to wake you up, and he's going to send persecution right to your door and say, do you believe it now? Because here it is. And that's, that's what he's going to do. That's what sometimes he has to use persecution for. In some cases, the pain is according to, to people minimizing the problem. Well, Brandon, it's not that bad. I don't care about going green. I, 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 I you know, it, it, it's okay if we go electric, uh, you know. Well, go ahead and minimize it. I was just in countries where they don't run the air. Okay? You know why? They don't run the air because they don't have the money to afford it. So I'm in a German uh, 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 airport that's not running their air, and it's blistering hot, and I'm, I'm sweating like a stuck pig, and, and lines of people, and I'm like, turn on the AC. They're not turning on the AC. You know why? Because they cut themselves off of all fossil fuels in Germany. They're not paying for that. In the wintertime, you better put on a coat because they're not running the heat either because they cut themselves off of fossil fuel. So if someone says, I don't care if they go, gr go green, well, welcome to a dystopia. It will come because you've minimized the problem and God will wake you up through that persecution. In some cases, the pain is according to others' needs. Sometimes, believe it or not, you will suffer for someone else. You might suffer for your kids. You ever think of that? That maybe the only way to get your, kid, your adult kids' attention is that you have to suffer. So God puts you on a sick bed of suffering to wake your kids up. Maybe. Maybe, but sometimes, I'm not saying it all the time, like I said, I'm, it's in some cases, he might use your suffering for other people. <clears throat> A few more and we'll, we'll stop. In some cases, the pain is according to God's plan for influence. So in the situation I'll give you an example with the Exodus situation, the Exodus generation that went through the years of slavery. Why did he allow them to go through slavery? Because he frees them, and they go through the Exodus, and God does the ten plagues and parts the Red Sea and brings them into safety, right? Why, though? Well, Exodus 9 tells you. It's so that the whole world would know this. And they did. And so he allows the Israelis to suffer under Pharaoh so that he could deliver them and that testimony be out there for the entire world. So the same is true. That's on a, that's on a, a nationalistic level, but on a personal level, he may allow you to suffer for a period of time, 10 days, whatever the, you know, the time frame is, so that he will deliver you, and then that influence affects hundreds, maybe, of people or thousands of people from what you have to go through. So that's a possibility. The next thing, the time is limited, but it allows growth. He says, I'll let you suffer for 10 days. The idea is for that time period, it will grow you. That's why it takes time. That's why when you ask to be delivered, he's going to say no because if he's not done with it, it means that he's not, you need more time to grow. 
So some people will say, well, Brandon, I've already learned the lesson. I, I get it now. I get it. I'm in pain right now, and I want, it, I want it to go away. I want it to go away. It's not going to go away. You know why? Because you might, in, in your head, understand the lesson, but it has to move down into your belief, and that actually takes time. So believe it or not, he might keep you in the persecution and the suffering longer until it transfers from head knowledge to actually belief which is a growth period of time. So that's why suffering is a period of time. <clears throat> Last part, and I'll end here, is the opportunity for rewards. You have a choice in your suffering, in, so, in most cases. Not in all cases, but in most cases you have a choice. If persecution comes your way, you have a choice. So for instance, if they persecute you at your job, you have a choice. Will you comply with what they want you to do? Will you, 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 you know, go woke and you can keep your job? Or will you lose your job? Okay? So you have a choice, whatever the situation might be. Understand this, though. If you make the choice to comply with what they want and you go along with the system and you go along with the program, to keep your little things that you have here in this life, you're going to lose rewards because that's the decision that needs to be made. Will you give up earthly rewards to gain eternal rewards? That's how it will be. And again, the rewards, like he talked about, the crown of life, but there's more than that, obviously. And, and the idea is you might, by compromising, Avoid persecution, okay? But in the end, you're the loser. See, the writer of Hebrews was giving five warnings to the, the, the Jewish people that wanted to escape persecution for being a Christian by going back into Judaism. And he says, don't do that. He goes, if you do that, you're gonna lose temporal blessings and then you're gonna lose eternal rewards. And on top of this, you think you're going to save your life, you're actually going to lose it. You will die an early death. Uh, and he used uh, the, the uh, generation of Kadesh Barnea, the Exodus generation that didn't go into the land, remember that? Um, and they refused to, and so that generation died out there in the desert. And he uses that and he says, look man, if he did it to that generation, how much more if you trample the blood of the Son of, the, of God and you go back into Judaism to escape persecution, do you think you're gonna, you're gonna live? He goes, they died, you'll die too. So you know what happened? I'll give you the historical uh, uh, example. So he, the writer of Hebrews wrote Hebrews as a, a sermon to the Jews, and I think it was around 65, 66 AD when he wrote Hebrews. So he's there, and, and, and so what happens in 67, Rome comes in and surrounds Jerusalem. And they're stuck, and they can't get out. And, and uh, again, all, what, what they were trying to do is escape persecution by, you know, from Jew on Jew persecution. But then the Romans come. Well, the Romans come, and they don't care if it's a Christian Jew or an unbelieving Jew, they're, gonna, they're going after the Jews, okay? Because they've had enough rebellion on their hands, that's it. 
So anyway, they surrounded in 67, and um, they, were, they, were, they had surrounded Jerusalem for a couple years, and their supply lanes uh, get cut off or something like that, and they back off, and they stop the siege. And um, many of the Christians at that time in Jerusalem understood what Messiah said, that when the destruction of Jerusalem comes, when you see the army surrounded, get out of Dodge. Well, they did. And those Christians who identified with Messiah publicly, who were getting persecuted by the Jews, went and escaped into Pella, into the desert. So guess what happens? Then Titus comes back in in 70 AD and they surround Jerusalem again. So there was like a, a, a release and, and the Christians who listened to the Messiah got out of Pella. But the Jews who went back into Judaism stayed in Jerusalem and they thought they were safe because now there's no Jewish persecution. The Romans have backed off. We're safe. And guess what happened? Titus comes back in in 70 AD and surrounds Jerusalem and then he sacks the city about a million, uh, Josephus says a million point two Jews get killed. And those Jews that went into Judaism, back into Judaism, that trampled the blood of Christ, were killed in, in that invasion. So they, they did die an early death, which is exactly what the writer of Hebrews said. Do not think for a moment that you think you're going to avoid persecution and death because if you try to avoid it and, go and apostatize back into Judaism, you will die an early death. That's guaranteed. And they did. They did. So think of how ironic that is. I'm going to compromise and trample the blood of Christ in order to save my neck, but in the end, I actually die an early death because of it. How ironic. But that's what he told them. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. So the, the issue then becomes be faithful to the point of death. And he says, then you get it all. Then you get all the rewards and nothing will be taken from you. So that's the, that's the idea. Do you want to be rewarded here or do you want to be rewarded in the next life? And that's a lot of times your choice. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.